And let's see what's going on here. Turn this on. Everything is good. I'm a bit tardy, so hopefully no one gets upset with me. Checking connection. And we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys this wonderful Tuesday? <laughs> Sorry I'm tardy. I had clients here um, and had to take care of them before I came in. But hopefully you guys are not too vexed about me being here with you guys this afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings. Okay. It's a nice, wonderful Tuesday here in Southern California. No rain whatsoever, which is great. Ashin Campbell, good afternoon. I'm going to say hello to you as well right there. Thank you, Seth Charlton. Appreciate the kind words. Oye Parse, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Corvote, yes, I am here. Corvote, are you coming to the new um, Holly High Voltage in July? I would love to see you again. Hello, RS35R13. So good to see you. In love with the view. Thank you. Lots of petrols here, right? Quite a few cars here. Yes, by all means. Ashton Campbell, everything. We're going to talk about EV mobility and performance. We'll talk about turbocharging. We'll talk about technology. We'll talk about life, love, and all in between. Anyway, should be pretty good. I had the opportunity to really dig in deep with my team from, M from um, AEM. Um, hello, Callie. Good seeing you. Shell, hello, Shell. How are you? Shell, someone who I knew, who went from way back in the day in my pharma days, a wonderful soul indeed. And a very good friend who's been there for me through tough and good times. E.G. Angel, good afternoon as well. Good seeing you. Hello, Caribbean Subi876. Hopefully you're doing great this lovely afternoon as well. All I see are turbos in the back. Yep, boost, boost, boost. It's like a boost brigade back here. Thank you so much. Phaser1ER, I'm going to like your comment as well. Okay, kick up dust. Greetings, how are you, sir? Hopefully you're doing fantastic. What up, Javon? Just living the dream. Hopefully you're doing great as well. I'm actually going to high voltage. Holly high voltage. Literally bought my tickets the moment they dropped. Thank you, Kovolt. It'd be good to see you. For those of you who do not know Kovolt, he's a wonderful smashing individual, a fellow engineer, who really is taking the charge. See what I did there? Really leading the charge. Did it again. In terms of EB performance. And he's putting together this wonderful Corvette, which will be electrified. And uh, I look forward to what he has going. And Kovolt... I have so much to talk to you about because um, I spent some very good time with our friends from AEM last week. We got into the nitty gritty around the VCU and some of the accessories and I think we're gonna do some wonderful things indeed. Hello BP 5.0, good seeing you indeed. I haven't seen the A6 Advan Etron, Ashton Campbell, not quite yet, but do share. I'm very clear, I'm very curious about it. William, sir, how have you been? It's been a long time. Hopefully you are doing great. Um, Mig is asking, Mig Remoting, have I ever gone to the Pearson Cars and Coffee? Yes, even the ones that are Porsche based um, and the ones that are Sport Compact, I've been to both. With the Porsche one, I've taken the K3V, which I'm wearing right here, which is right next to me. And we won an award. So the last event I went to was Porsche based with the K3. I think I won like um, Technology Choice or something like that, which is pretty crazy. And um, you know, for the EV1, my van was there. So yeah, I've been there quite a bit. Exo Truck, howdy, good seeing you as well. Thanks for the love, Shell. Porsche Canada in the house, courtesy of Stephenson. So Stephenson, you may get this, you may find this interesting. My friends are Porsche Ontario. They're good partners of ours, good technical partners. They are building this sick RS, beautiful RS 911, just I mean, RS America. So it's Porsche Ontario, right? 
They found a donor chassis in Canada, in Ontario, Canada, from a dealership known as Porsche London, <laughs> which is pretty right, crazy, right? Because the head of uh, um, the service department, I guess the service department manager, um, who is Manny Vienna, is from London, and the general manager of the entire facility is English as well. So very nice story. I look forward to what they, they will do this year. They won the Porsche Restoration Challenge in 2021. They are looking for an opportunity to keep that throne of theirs for this year. I have no objection that they'll leave every stone unturned. So it's going to be pretty exciting, you know? Kovot saying, looking to a cantilever, which is cool, suspension to put on a Model S rear under my C3. What kinds of calculations are needed for angle length of coilover? Wow, that's something I haven't played with in a while. I don't have the information quite handy, but I'll try and get that to you and get some information to you post haste. Um, it's not too challenging at all, but I need to know what envelope you have to work with as well to see how crazy you could go. The one thing I like about the rear S unit is it does have that incorporated electronic system for the parking brakes, which is quite interesting. And for those of you who don't know, with EV conversions, it's, it's quite interesting. If you do not have some kind of parking pawl or handbrake, if you turn off and remove all current from the stator, the vehicle can roll. So it can be at a hill, it can be on a down incline, you can just be on a decent surface, your vehicle will roll away. So what Tesla does, they have this mechanism that's electronically controlled, and you can program such a way, and the AMBCU has the capability, you can program such a way that when you turn the vehicle off, it can lock the rear brakes, which is like this weird, crazy electronic assembly, and prevent rolling. And even when you discharge everything, it stays you know, energized and closed until you move again. So that's something covert I like about the system you're about to use. It allows you to use, you know, units that are quite advantageous for safety, which is pretty cool. The woman, courtesy of Germany, thank you so much for joining us all the way in Europe. Appreciate your presence. Hello, Ernie McFly. How are you indeed? He's asking, what can I tell you about the Super D? Now, if I, if I am trying to think about what you're referencing, is it the Super D where it's a D-series, could be a D16A6, could be a D16Z6, with a D17 crank? Is that what you're talking about? And if so, I will share some insights on that because it's a way that you can have an engine that looks pretty decent in terms of just architecture, but internally is a lot more voluminous and can give you a lot more power and efficiency just based on displacement alone. Nice, says Mick Great Motoring. Thank you so much. Kuno3, good seeing you indeed. Appreciate the support and hard work as well. I saw a 300ZX Classic and it's electric. Loved it. Wow, per se. I saw someone hit me up recently, as recently as Sunday. Sunday asked me if I could help electrify those. I had no idea that they had an opportunity to uh, explore that already. How many motors do you think it has? The Classic Electric 300ZX? I don't know. It depends. So, do they go with something that's pretty standard, like, um, um, how should I say, uh, Tesla swap? Do they use a Hyper 9 setup, which you can stack up? Do they use Yasa motors, which look more like pancakes? I don't know. Since you're asking how many motors, I would assume that they had a stackable setup. So I would say two. I'll guess two. Let me know if I'm right or not, Rupar say. Yes, Porsche London, you know where it is, good. But if you know anyone there, tell the guys I said hi. I love what they're doing. Motec N. Good seeing you, brother. Hopefully the intercooler is working quite well for your Veloster N. For those of you who don't know, we do have a BC Motor Veloster N intercooler system, which is extremely efficient. Has a step design with amazing laminar flow, which can help with a very good air density, which gives you 
better power with your crazy boosted with a flash or a factory. So it says, just got back from Formula Drift, saw the Corolla GR. What are your thoughts on the 300 horsepower engine? I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fantastic that the architecture is quite compact and can create that kind of power. I like it a lot. Anything that allows for better efficiency in a smaller package is good for me. Reggie Wynn says, greetings. Hello, Reggie, sir. For those of you who don't know, you see all this madness back here with turbocharging? Reggie's the one you can thank for that because I approached him years ago. This is as far back as, I think I've known Reggie since 2007. And I had this wagon concept in, in, in mind and a Porsche 911 twin turbo in mind. And even though I, was, I honed my skills in natural aspiration and had an opportunity to go to companies that could have been you know, anything from Garrett or at the time, uh, wow, I could have played with, wow, Borg Warner. Um, Turbonex was a company that, after meeting Reggie, he educated me with the fact that not only is there opportunity for custom units, but efficiency, but they also do a lot of turbocharging for the military. And I felt that if it's good enough for the U.S. government, it's good enough for me. And he really pushed me towards that, hey, BC, you should really focus on this. NA is great, but focus on turbocharging, and you can have a great opportunity there. And I did. I listened to him. And my goodness, how many turbos have we sell? How many projects have we influenced the whole planet with? And it's because of his guidance. So, Reggie, I really appreciate you, and thank you so much for joining this Tech Tuesday. And all this behind you, I can thank you for it. So thank you so much, sir. That's an awesome story. Keep my eyes peeled for the bill. Yes, by all means, please follow Porsche Ontario. And uh, they're here on Instagram, and they're, they're absolutely fantastic, you know? Exo Truck is going down the EV route. I love it. He said he did his first EV mod the other day, put a one kilowatt motor, which is nice, on my daughter's Razor, and built a 10S5P LiPo with BMS. It hauls butt. Nice! For those of you who don't know what 10S5P is, it's a setup where he has 10 battery systems in series with five of them in parallel. So that allows him to have a decent amount of current, decent amount of range, and decent amount of power. So that being said, think of it as um, if you have, let's say, two AAA batteries and you put one on top of each other, that's in series. If you put them where the positives or the positives and negatives or negatives and kind of connect them, even though your voltage may be the same voltage out as one battery, it gives you a lot more range. That's in parallel. So he has five in parallel and that application 10 in series, which is pretty cool. I'm glad to hear the XO truck. You're getting your feet wet. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm telling you, performance EVs are the way to go. I like to visit your workshop whenever I visit California this summer. By, hopefully by this summer, things will calm down with all this madness with the pandemic. But yeah, I'll be more than happy to welcome you here. Hello, Honda O'Havi. Good seeing you indeed. One kilowatt on a razor sounds terrifying. Hey, you know what, Kovot? I'm all about it. I love it, love it, love it. I think that's so much fun. Hello, BC Moto, says DXB133, asked me before, building a six inline four with 12 injectors, six on pump, I remember that. Six on meth, I remember that as well. I didn't know double tanks and an ECU. Can Bosch EB14 take stress meth without maintenance? Yes, we talked about that. So the ECU that you can use for that, you can totally use an AM Infinity, no problem whatsoever. You have the ability with a big box to run 12 injectors without qualm. The founder of AEM did something very similar with an eight cylinder. So it's eight injectors feeding the petrol side, eight injectors feeding the meth side. EV14 Bosch's can handle it and won't corrode. The thing is, you will have to pickle the system from time to time. And what I mean by pickling is, on the methanol side, methanol indeed, you can get away with 85 more and not have to worry about that as much, but on methanol, methanol is very hygroscopic does a great job in devulcanizing rubber. It can also pull 
moisture from rubber as well and deteriorate it. So you have to run Teflon lines above and beyond running separate tanks. But if you're going to have your setup sit for a while, if you're going to store your setup for over you know, three weeks, you want to flush through some type of gasoline through it to just flush the system. Otherwise, you'll have dried out components. And when the methanol does dry out, it does leave particulates which can clog injectors. So it's a fun thing to do. It's the way to go. What a lot of people do to try to achieve yours without much maintenance is to go water methanol, either with single or multiple nozzles. But there are many benefits to using methanol, pure methanol, as a way to increase octane capability and also increase the cooling capability of the fuel system as well, or the induction system as well. Because every time you atomize methanol, because of how much it absorbs heat and has a lowered, in the chemical engineering words, right? In the, in the chemical engineering world, we talk about a low latent heat of vaporization. Because it has that, what it does is it pulls heat from its environment to stay in an atomized state. And when it does that, it allows for a cooler, denser charge. And what that means, every time you ingest with the methanol there, you have a denser intake mixture. So above and beyond the energy created by methanol being a better energetic fuel, you have the capability of having a denser mixture which results in more power. Now, if you look at methanol as a fuel itself, the caloric content per unit volume of methanol is much lower. But when you combust the same amount of air as a gasoline engine, even though you need more methanol, you create more heat. Hence, it makes more power. So in the right ratio, using methanol creates more power than gasoline, not only in its caloric content for burning the amount of air ingested, but also in this cooling effect as well. So I know it's a bit of a mouthful. Hopefully, you guys are not crossing. But I'm here to share some knowledge with you. Everything I know, I'm here to do it. I'm here to do it. I'm here to do it. Stephenson says, it's funny. I worked for Tesla for three years prior to me making the move to Porsche. Very nice. Reason why I love your content so much, both my world combined in one, truly living a dream out there. Be smart. Thank you so much, Stephenson. And you know, Porsche is really killing it when it comes to the EV world. I love how they hit the ground running with the Taycan. Now, as you may have played around in your Tesla world, you know, that environment is the 400 volts environment. You know, some people have gone to 403 like I play around with. Some people push the envelope to 450. But Porsche with 800 volts, I love it. I love the architecture. I love the fact that you can have an electric motor with a proper inverter. And at 800 volts, you carry that torque much longer in the RPM band. And above and beyond that, I hear that other companies are playing with 1,200 volts and soon 1,600 volt systems, which are even more efficient. So I'm very excited about the whole world when it comes to EV performance and finding ways to even seamlessly combine them with internal combustion, which would be great, right? All right, okay. Uparse says Covolt. It's probably a single motor. EV conversions aren't that common because of packaging annoyances. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Packaging is crazy, and the battery stuff is running, running me bonkers indeed. What do you think about the world going electric for vehicles, and what does it mean for motorsports, asked Shark Eye Shots. Well, I've shared this before, and I'll share it again. Four years ago, for many of you know this, you couldn't pay me to even sit in EV. I had no interest in EVs at all. I thought that electric vehicles were for tree huggers, people who wear hemp sandals. I thought those were people who just don't care about anything performance. And I thought it was annoying I had no soul. But getting that understanding and watching my OEMs venture towards the EV space, the fact that I go to SEMA and our boots are getting smaller and smaller and budgets are getting cut more and more, and you go to CES and you see the amount of budgets that OEMs are putting into EV performance, 
or EV mobility, I had to play around with it. So hence, the K3V came to exist. It originally was going to be a petrol car because I honed my team in petrol, but something happened with one of our sponsors and it was a great opportunity to explore what I had on paper, which is an EV setup. And I reluctantly built this car. And the first time I drove it back here, guys, I say this a lot, I almost urinated on myself. It was the most amazing experience driving ever. It was just so amazing. And for those of you who have driven the K3V, you can attest to what I experienced. And two weeks ago, Jay Leno drove it. He was like, oh my God, this is the future. It's amazing. So to answer your question, Shagai, I don't see it as a bad thing. The fact that I'm an enthusiast first before an engineer, I love the speed. So the acceleration is amazing. Yes, you don't have the burble and the vibrations that you may get from petrol-based engines. Yes, in today's current commercially available technology, it takes a, quite a while to charge up, um, opposed to just filling a tank. Um, the beauty is that there are no emissions here. So that being said, my K3V is 100% you know, 50 state legal. It's small exempt, which is great. And the acceleration, I mean, 0 to 60 in 2.06 is ridiculous, right? So when we talk about what it means for motorsports, I think it's going to have an opportunity working in faster and faster cars. And even for drag racing, you guys know, many of you drag racers know how hard it is to build a low nine-second car. Let me put another caveat. A low nine-second car that's street legal. Let me do something else crazier. A low nine-second car that's street legal that you can build for $100,000, $150,000 or so. Let me throw another caveat. What if it's a four-door low nine-second car that's on street tires? Like, how much would it cost? I'll have to boost it, right? So, and I want it to be legal, so I may have to use E85 and a bunch of catalysts, and it's going to be expensive. But you can go and buy a Tesla Model S Plaid and roll low nines bone stock and it's electric. So from a performance perspective, where you're drag racing, just having fun, it's amazing, right? But let me take it a step further. Um, it's different. My performance EV sounds like a supercharger. I love driving this thing. It just sounds like a crazy supercharger. It's amazing indeed. And it's just, I don't know, you don't, I don't have that guilt I used to have with putting hydrocarbons in the atmosphere. On the same token, I miss anti-lag. I miss shoot. See how that shoot flames? I have videos of it. I miss that. I miss all the great stuff when it comes to petrol stuff. That does the same thing. So I guess the best of both worlds would be what Porsche did with the 918, what Honda did with the NSX, um, what McLaren has done with quite a few of their models as well, where there's a combination of the two, where you have a hybrid system that's performance-based. So that would be a little bit of a way. So I don't think it's going to kill motorsports. I think it's a good thing. And I think great things will happen. But bear in mind that, especially here in the United States, only 3% of the cars being sold and consumed are of EV variety. A majority of cars are still petrol. So it's going to be a while before people start switching over, you know? Okay, says, hey, should an old drive Civic have an LSD and trans and diff? I doing that. Yes, it should. What you want, what a differential does for guys that don't know, you hear diff, you know, limited slip, or the case may be. Um, I wish I had a car. I wish I had one of my Hot Wheels to show you guys, but... Um, I'm going to use something else. I'm going to use this phone as a car with four wheels, okay? So when you want to have the best adhesion, you want your vehicle to just take off and both wheels to contact. Let's say it's a drive wheels or real drive. You want both wheels to just be able to just haul and contact, right? And just have a good time and give you the best adhesion. That's what you want, right? 
Now, the challenge is, in a perfect world, you want both to be cogged to each other and have no slipping whatsoever. You want the best adhesion. So you want a, a differential that's welded. You want a straight axle that just hooks up and gives you the go. But when you turn the car, when the car turns, you can imagine the wheels on the outside have more resolution than the ones on the inside. So you need to be able to turn and have a differential from the circulation of each wheel. Less rotations, more rotations. You have to have that happen, right? So that being said, you need a differential to allow that to occur. What a limited slip does is allows you to turn very easily, and then when you go front and you have a lot of fun, it locks and allows you to have this best adhesion opportunity. So let's look at your all-wheel drive setup. Same thing, you have all four wheels, you have the front assembly, you have the rear assembly, and in my opinion, you give up adhesion if you have a perfect adhesion going straight line in the front and the rear of your peg leg, right? The best adhesion should be all four wheels clung at the ground and give you the best opportunity for acceleration. So how can you do that with an all-wheel drive assembly? Same way. You have a limit slip in the front, you have a limit slip in the rear, and that's what you have to have. So that being said, that's definitely something that I feel is a huge opportunity to have both happen. You think it's two motors as well. Good, good for you. Sounds good. So I guess I was fairly correct. So I appreciate that, you know? No, I didn't watch the World Time Attack. I just didn't have the opportunity to go physically or remotely as well. The Advant, says Ashton Campbell, should be around 435 miles range. It's still being developed, but should give the Porsche take on some truck. Interesting. That should be interesting. Well, here's something that I have for you, Ashton Campbell. I tend to stay abreast of technology when it comes to battery technology. I was just telling one of my clients here earlier. There is an opportunity that's happened recently, and this is being studied quite nicely, for you know, consumption globally. Uh, I think initially it will go into smaller units like um, uh, cell phones, um, RCs, um, watches first, and then gradually, and laptops, and then transition into automotive market. But using, instead of using rare earth minerals, um, using sulfur. And the way that this sulfur is combined in the right aggregate, um, and the fact that you can have anodes and cathodes that don't have dendrites form on them, and also having the opportunity to use components that are quite ubiquitous, not only will you have a more cost-effective setup, the setup, as being tested, has better energy density than current lithium-ion cell, whether you're looking at cylindrical or pouches. So what does that mean? What they are projecting is a proper charged car with the same envelope package that exists today for, let's say, a 400-mile range setup can be 900 miles. It can take the ability to be charged and discharged rapidly without qualm. It can go to multiple, multiple thousands of cycles without any kind of uh, degradation, de de degradation whatsoever. And we have the opportunity to become more cost-effective. So, I, some of the naysayers when it comes to EV performance tend to complain like, oh my God, mining of lithium is crazy. You know, all these other rare earth minerals that are used for it is not good for the environment. There's child labor involved. Well, guess what? Technologies continue to improve in a short period of time. Remember, petrol engines had a 100-year head start on EVs, you know? It's so weird. Guys, I'm gonna go off on a slight tangent. I had opportunities, you know, spend some time with Jalen a couple weeks ago, and he shared something very interesting with me. Back in the day when, you know, automobiles started becoming a little bit mainstream, this is about 100 years ago, 
electric vehicles were very commonplace. As a matter of fact, it was preferred by lady drivers even because ladies didn't want to crank you know, a petrol engine to get it started. It's very difficult for them to do. Sometimes a crank start could kick back and break your wrist. They've even been fatalities where people have died with a kickback from a crank, which, you know, it's killed people. So electrical vehicles were, were quieter. They didn't have the need to be cranked to get started. And it actually was preferred back in the day by a huge amount of the automotive populace. It's only with the advent of the you know, starter and fuels and then somehow the petrol engines took off. And then all these years, all these decades, there have been continued improvement in that kind of arena. But then now, electric vehicles are making a you know, comeback, right? But look at what's been achieved in the past two decades compared to the last hundred years. So as time progresses, I see battery technology getting better. I see inverter technology getting better. I see motor technology getting better. It's just going to be fun for everyone involved. And I'm excited to be part of this. And you guys should be excited to be in a realm where we're seeing this happen. Yeah, we've been sold on the military contract as well. So, yeah, I'm telling you, I love the guys from Turbinetics. I love them indeed, you know. Would fuel injector clinics 1650 based on a Bosch EV14 take the meth? I don't know. That's a good question for them. Um, I don't know if they modify the internals at all. Do they do anything with the... I have no idea with the coils internally. Are they changing seals? I have no idea. So it'd be best for you to call them. I have not used their take on those injectors. So um, I typically opt for pure Bosch brand ones, unmodified, and I get them for like 5.0. So yeah, give them a call and maybe they can point you in the right direction indeed, you know? That's exactly what I'm talking about, says Ernie McFly. Just want to know cost-effective the Super D would be and how good we can get as far as power and reliability. So yes, so, what people have done with the Super D is they'll take a D16, non-VTEC or VTEC, they'll take out the 90 millimeter stroke and they'll put in the longer stroke from the D17 and hence have a 1.7 liter setup. If you sleeve it and go bigger with a board, by all means. And here's the catch. You can use the standard, I think it's 137 millimeter rod. The 157. God, I can't believe I didn't know this. But you can take the same D6 rod and get a custom piston with the pin moved up and you'll be fine. In terms of reliability, there's no qualm whatsoever. Your, your rod ratio is not as ideal as it would be before, but God, if you build it properly and use good lubricants, you shouldn't have a challenge whatsoever with that. But the power and the torque is ridiculous. And the fitment is not bad at all. So if you can get access from a junkyard or a new crank or from a wrecking yard or someone selling it online for a series crank, do it. You will not regret it. It's such a fun project. You have a lot of fun. If built properly, can be just as reliable as your standard D16. Good day, DJ Ramaroff. Good to see you indeed. Hopefully you're doing well. What do you think about the world going electric for motorsports, says Shark Eye Shots? I think it's a good thing. Now, yes, it may not have that intoxicating sound that you may see with Formula One. And you may have a crazy growl, as you may see with a lot of time attack, but I think it's pretty cool. I think it's different, but not bad. So I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's going electric fully, but just like right now, you know, back in the day, believe it or not, people complained about automobiles. They love horse and buggies. Like, oh my God, I love having horses. What about the manure? What about when they step on the ground, they help like aerate the soil? I don't know. People just loved it. And there was some, you know, some restrictions or, or lack of incitement to go to automobiles. I see the same thing happening here, but guess what? You can still watch horse racing, right? You can still see people racing horses. 
I guess it's really relegated to the wealthy, but nonetheless, it's still going to happen. So petrol racing is never going to go away completely. It's just not going to happen. And it's not going to happen very quickly. It just won't be as prevalent in a few decades. I don't see it's a bad thing because, once again, if you care about acceleration and power and speed, the EV stuff is bringing a lot to the table. Definitely. The GR, I haven't driven one. So I've got a lot of inquiries on the Toyota Corolla GR. Um, I do have a relationship with Toyota to be able to get cars. You may have seen some of the reviews I've had here on Instagram and also on my YouTube channel. So maybe I'll reach out to them and see if I can get one to give you a proper review. And that way I can give you a very good insight as well. Yanira, California, greetings. Thank you for joining our Tech Tuesday. Appreciate seeing you here. Bill Mike Cayman, let me know, Jose, what you need done, and maybe I can oblige. Queen of the Vans, hello, Rose. Guys, Rose is just a wonderful soul, someone I care about so deeply. She taught me so much when it came to fabrication. She is amazing. And for those of you who have heard this before, forgive me, but I have to do due diligence here. I have never met a soul, an individual, who has such a depth and breadth of knowledge, not only in things automotive, but just things of the world. So, Rose, I appreciate you. I'm honored to have made your friendship and look forward to keeping that friendship with you and I for eternity. Hello, Earls and Kishert. Things are well. Thank you for asking indeed. Alex, good afternoon. Neighbor in Fontana, good seeing you indeed. Thank you for joining. Appreciate that. Running methanol, can you have a turn off switch and when activated, turn it on? Yeah, you could. You totally could. Um, if you use an AM Infinity and you have the opportunity to, you know, have fun with that, you can have an on off switch, which is ground based, to not only initiate a secondary injector map, but also initiate the opportunity to advance timing, increase boost, whatever you may need. Yeah, it's totally done. Your engine management is the be all end all when it comes to such a setup. Ashton Campbell has great questions as always. Asked, would it be better to build a new chassis for front wheel drive EV than swapping into the Insight? And can you update the Insight and head for a personal best? So it depends on your desire when it comes to challenges, right? There's a beauty, guys, whether it's in life, relationships, business, project cause, you name it. There's a beauty in being able to grow by pushing yourself. So, Building a car from scratch has its own challenges, but you can really put an architecture together which allows for an easier EV conversion. Now, when it comes to putting in a front-wheel drive chassis, you have a slew of challenges. Are you going to use, let's say, a large drive unit that's commercially available, like what Tesla has with an integrated motor, transaxle, and inverter? To allow for easy access, are you going to use a small drive unit or a large one? If you use a large one, are you going to flip it? Um, it's just a lot, and how much space do you have? Are you going to like hack up the car and reinforce things? It's a, more of a challenge, but when done properly, can be absolutely spectacular. The easiest way was to use maybe a front drive unit from a Tesla Model S. Um, maybe a smaller front drive unit would be the easiest way to go, and you can have a lot of fun with that. You can make two, three hundred horsepower, no problem. And with the torque capability, it's going to feel like freaking ridiculous, right? Or you can go gung-ho and do tons of massive surgery, but do an elegant job, in stuffing in a large drive unit, dare I say a sport drive unit. Or do you want to do something a little bit more tame, using a Hyper 9 low voltage system and bolting it to a transmission? That would be the easiest, cleanest way to go. Relatively cost effective as well. You just won't make a ton of horsepower. It would be like a D-series power on steroids because you can make 100 horsepower or so, a little bit over 100. 
but your torque would be like 220. It would be like boost torque with natural aspirator horsepower. So it can be a lot of fun. So it depends what you want to do. But I like taking the path that's most challenging because it's just that more, it's just that gratifying and we grow from pain, right? Even now I'm going through some madness stuff and look at me, I, I still stay positive and just growing from my experiences. Experience is the best teacher. And you know, do what it needs to take, do indeed, you know? Would fuel injector clinic, oh, he's, I, I did answer your question, but let's see, what fuel line corrugated smooth? Yeah, we talked about that last week. So my answer was, the type of fuel line corrugated smooth without the issue is the material. So as I mentioned to you last week, DXP, use Teflon-based fuel lines. Braided hose, Teflon-based, that's all I use. They are typically smooth bore. I don't see the advantage of having a corrugated line that can introduce, uh, dare I say, turbulent flow? Dare I say that can cause some type of I mean, in a certain flow rate, you can even experience aeration. You don't want that. So smooth lines are Teflon-based. So it can be impervious to that fuel, you know? Um, and Hydromat, I'm okay with, absolutely. My pleasure indeed, R35, R13. The teacher everyone needed, says OG36 Chambers. You are the amazing photographer everyone needed. Um, I'm just here to really impart all my knowledge to all of you, trying to be that person that I needed when I was younger because when I came to America, people didn't want to help. They didn't want to share their knowledge with me. And I had to learn the hard way, but had the opportunity to have great mentors, one of them being John Conciaudi, owner and founder of AEM. And I just want to share everything and be there for all of you. If you were to build an F-22A, which I love those engines, I'm looking at one right now, what would you know now? Would you do the same route or would you change it? If I were to build an F-22A, which I know now, yes, I would. I still would. Um, I have the opportunity to go K-series on my Insight, right? But I'll still go F-22A. And one of the reasons why. The key to making power in, in any internal combustion engine is to get as much air and appropriate amount of fuel into the engine possible. And in natural aspirated engines where we're using atmospheric pressure as a means to get air into the engine, ideally, the head holds the highest potential for power. The F-22A head is amazing. When you compare it to other F-22s, F-23s, in the Silicon family, the BTEC ones, it outflows it. When you compare it to a D-series, no comparison. If you compare it to a B, B-series are very popular, right? It's like the small block Chevy of the Honda world. A factory F-22A outflows many ported B-series. So whether it's boosted or NA, it's a very amazing engine. The crankcase has a girdle, so it's very strong. Um, has a 2.2 liters of fury out the gate. The one caveat with the F-22 is that they come with very weak camshafts from the factory. So the camshafts are very small, the valve train is very weak, but we have opportunities. We have spacers that allow you to use the factory valve train. We can extend the rockers if you want to go crazy on camshafts. You can go to 600 lift cam if you want to. Um, we can reprofile, even starlight enhance your camshafts. But once you put cams and valve train, that engine is ridiculous. And anyone who pays attention to that to even go after the boosted record can take it because it's just, it's a potent setup. Better than the H23, better than H22. It's an amazing engine. And because they're not very popular in circles of performance, they're so cost effective. I've picked them up for free from wrecking yards. I think I've paid as much as $200 for a complete engine. So they're everywhere. And there's some support thanks to companies like us here at Bismoto. All right. Oh my God, so much love here. I appreciate all of you guys. Um, same evolution from manuals to PDK, says Jose Luis Iro, is part of our progress in the automotive industry. And yes, 
progression and technology will always happen. It will always advance. Thank you, Nata El Horano. Appreciate that. It's good that Jay drove the K3V and didn't die. <laughs> yeah. So there are two, there are two episodes with the K3V. One's going to be on NBC where Jay, and I won't give too much away, Jay and this amazing gentleman by the name of Reggie Watts, he is a fantastic entertainer, amazing artist, and just a hardcore portophile, and also a great, how should I say, comedian. He is a psychic, I think for James Cordon on the night show, or tonight show, or late night show, I don't know which one it is exactly. He drove it, and Jay was next to him, and then Jay called us back and said, hey, I want to drive it on my episode. So you have an NBC with him and, and Mr. Cordo, Mr. Watts, cool name, right? Electricity, Watts. I should have made a joke about that when I was on camera. And then the second one is on his YouTube channel was him and I. So I don't give too much away, but I can share this with you. Jay was very impressed, as always, as always. Exxon, SXMon, I don't know if I'm saying properly, is asking a good question. He says, what do you think of e-fuels and the opportunity for tuning? So um, I believe he's asking about synthetic fuels. Um, if you meant ethanol, please correct me. But if you meant synthetic-based fuels, um, here's what I've discovered so far. In its pure form, with the stuff that BP has done and Porsche helping with and some other companies, in its pure form, without any oxygenates, the caloric content of the fuel is not as prominent as what you see with regular organic fuel. And so what does that mean? It means that for the same engine, you'll have less power output if the fuel is as is. Now, we can easily add oxygenates, right, um, to the fuel, and that will allow an opportunity to improve the color content of the fuel. Some ECUs can handle it, others may need a little bit of a tune, but I think it's good, I think it's good. I think it will continue to allow for better opportunities for um, petrol cars that remain on the road. Um, I'm by no means against petrol cars. I'm not into I have more petrol cars here than anything else. I just love and appreciate the technology when it comes to EV, especially in terms of acceleration and the lack of guilt. So that being said, I like it a lot. What? What? Says Preston Taylor. Good seeing you indeed. Hello. Wow, so much love. Appreciate all you guys. Do you know anyone who works on the LS Motors in Memphis, Tennessee? No, I do not. Forgive me. I'm not very familiar with that. I've never even been to Memphis at all. At all, at all, at all. You know? Um... Let's see. I missed what Menace said, and I feel really bad because Kovot jumped to it. Um, what are your thoughts on Lucid EV? Externally, it looks really good. I mean, one thing I noticed about Lucid, just looking at it, is the fit and finish, quality of the build, amazing. And that Jay and I talked about that as well, and he said he loved how it drove. It's a bit on the pricey side, but he really likes it. Um, I haven't had the unique opportunity to drive this 1,000 horsepower plus setup. When I do, I'll have more insight for you. But just looking at it from the outside and reading the reviews, it looks very impressive indeed. Hello, should I run a thermostat on a dedicated track car? Um, it depends. Here's the one thing about thermostat. For those of you who don't know what thermostat is, it is more like a, for those engineers, it's like a glorified thermocouple. It has, think of it as a, a gate in your cooling system. And the gate's usually closed, and as it stays closed, so your engine can warm up. And when your engine gets to a certain temperature, this gate opens up and allows coolant to flow to the radiator to allow you to stay at a certain temperature. Now, the challenge is sometimes these thermostats, these gates that are 
temperature-based, also act as a restrictor. And that could be a problem if you create an engine that makes a lot of heat. Now, people may say heat is a challenge, but guess what? Internal combustion engines are nothing but energy converters. So it takes chemical energy from the fuel and the oxygen in the air, moves it over to, you know, through the element of, or the action of combustion, turns it into heat, which that heat now expands and goes on crankshaft and converts to mechanical energy. Very simple way of putting it, but the more controlled heat you create, the more energy that you can do on top of the piston to allow for more horsepower. So many times when you take a natural aspirated engine that was designed with the heat and capabilities and cooling system of a natural aspirated engine, and you add turbos to it, your thermostat may now not allow for enough flow to keep that engine safe or cool down in a proper realm. So, some people get a different thermostat, that's higher flow, some people do it through the thermostats. I've done it myself. I gut the center of the thermostat and remove it completely. The only challenge is you can find an opportunity where you end up consuming more fuel when you gut it. Why, why is that the case? If you look at any base map um, through an engine management solution, which also reflects what you see on factory ECUs, when engines are cold, they run richer and allow the opportunity to warm up before it gets to a mixture that's more akin to stoichiometry or better complete burn. So that being said, what happens is the longer you keep your engine in a cooler temp, the more fuel you consume and the more richer your stuff stays. So for race car, if you have the opportunity to be able to go crazy and go fast and get your car warmed up very nicely, it's not a challenge. But if you have an opportunity where your temperatures stay very low, not only do you consume more fuel, you may be in part of your tuning map where you don't have the best power. So it's a bit of a balancing act, um, and it's not a very simple question. Do what's right for the capability of your cooling system. If you can have a cooling system that when the thermostat opens up, allows for good heat exchange, and you stay in, warm, in proper temperature ranges, do it. If you have an opportunity where you want to find a cost-effective way of getting a good temperature gradient, gut it. Don't remove it. Do you know if you remove the thermostat completely, you can actually overheat? And do you know why you can overheat? Because water, your water and ethylene glycol mix, or your water and you know, what people call you know, antifreeze, ethylene glycol, that mixture needs a certain flow rate to be able to pull heat from your engine and reject it into the radiator system. So that being said, if you have your water flow too quickly because your now thermostat is removed, it may not have enough time to pull heat from your engine and reject it to the radiator. You could actually overheat. So what I do if I ever have to, in a pinch, or by design, remove a thermostat, I just snip the two prongs, take out the center, and leave the outer disc and put that back in with the seal and everything. That way it acts as a restrictor plate. And it gives you the ideal flow that's okay, but allows for more flow to allow for proper heat exchange, if that makes sense. Organic fuels, algae. Oh, well, on the algae-based ones, I am not well-versed in it. I never studied it. I didn't see much success years ago when I looked at that. But the synthetic-based ones, yes. So guess what? I'll do some homework. I'll look into it and see if that is something that is ideal for us to use. Take it from there. Got a lot of people coming here. It's very interesting. Okay. DBX, I answered your question. Smoothbore, 
and something that is definitely based on Teflon, okay? So I did answer it last week and I answered it again for you. Do you think Honda will make more sportier cars? Um, based upon the discussions I've had with corporate, no. Only because they don't sell. That's the only reason why. They don't sell very well. What's selling? CRVs, I guess the CUV, HRVs, CRVs, pilots. People seem to want Honda SUVs and you know, as a manufacturer who's there to make money, they're gonna go you know, mostly that way, you know? Feels costly, should I get an EV? At this point, yeah, I did drive an EV. I haven't touched the pump in a while, but yeah, that's the way to go. Hello, Dad, Puerto Rican-American. For those of you who know Puerto Rican-American, his name is Carlos. He played my father in a movie we did uh, depicting my life. So since he played my dad in this movie, I've been calling him Dad, which is great. And uh, Dad, I need to talk to you because I, I may need your help this weekend if you're available. Rose says, you're so kind. The feelings I meet from my friend. Thank you so much, Rose. Appreciate that. Well, guys, my hour's almost up. Oh, my God, James is here, Africa. Mr. James, James, my good friend James, my best friend I've known since 1993. We worked at Surface City together. Just a great soul as well. James, I have to call you. I don't know if you're back in town or if you're still back east. But, guys, my hour's almost up. I'm getting these warnings to, you know, log off. But, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this Tech Tuesday. I appreciate you being here with me at Bismoto. Um, I look forward to interacting with you guys soon. In the meantime, stay safe. This will stay up on Instagram. I'm doing it on YouTube, so if you don't follow me on YouTube yet, please do. And this recording device I have here is for podcasting. So if you want to hear our episode today, you can go on your favorite podcast networks, Anchor, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just type in BCMoto, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-I, -I come up. We're going to have a blast. All right, guys. Take care of yourself. See you soon and stay safe. Cheers. Bye-bye. Go live. And hopefully we should be okay. And we are live. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Good afternoon. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. Just beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Ontario, California. And no matter where you're on the planet, I hope you're having a blast. Staying safe and doing some wonderful things. And for those of you on YouTube, yes, I'm on YouTube. Thank you so much for allowing me to use this opportunity as an archiving moment. And for those listening to me on the podcast networks, thank you for joining me. Hello, Julio. Yo. What's good, big ear buddy? I'm just here. Hello, Jeffrey T. It has been a while. Happy Tuesday to you, JG. Yes, the family is great, healthy, and wise. I see the wagon. Yep, the wagon's down there. You can see it right there indeed. Good afternoon, Ashen Campbell. Already ahead of me there. Yes, governor would be wonderful, wouldn't it be? What did I miss? Thank you, Terrell Williams. Where's my wagon, says Julio. Right there in front of this 935. Right there, there's a wagon. Just chilling in all its beauty. Welcome back, big boss, says Uri Parse. Good seeing you, Alexis. Greetings. So much love. My boy, says Peter Berman, seven. Things are well. You par se, staying safe and make things happen. Shockworks35 says, Hi, BC. I love your work. Thanks for the kind words. Appreciate that indeed. Love tuning in. How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, just came back this weekend from traveling with the kids. We had a great time in Nevada. Went to a wedding. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, they were feeling a little bit under the weather afterwards, but now they are good to go and having a blast. Mega love in the background, says Uri Parse. Absolutely. Have some old school Rex, that Rex, I tuned that thing, that track car, when I was still in Chino, so that was as far back as, 
07? Yeah, it, it has a lot of old school stuff in that car. When it's done, I'll show you guys a little bit about it. That CRX though says a four. I know I mix brushes a lot. I've met BC in person, says Richie B. Kid. Hello, sir. He's the nicest person I've ever met. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you so much. And for those of you who know Rich uh, B. Kid, he is an amazing YouTuber, amazing enthusiast. He does a lot with the EV world, especially you guys know how near and dear the EV is to my heart. And this Rich Rebuilds guy is just an amazing individual. And I met him in Sonoma at the Holly High Voltage event, which is coming up in a couple of months in July as well. Yes, CRX says P. Wolf. Good seeing you. Yeah, for life. I agree with you, Cameron Dyke. Hello, Al. How do you say it? Al Cat B502. Greetings. Uh, let's see here. When can I drop off my black block this week? So, Puro, anytime you want. Anytime. So, we're going to be here till 5 p.m. So, I think you get off work at 4. So, if you want to bring the bear block by, bring it by. I got your pistons already in order. Let's make this happen, by all means. Jared's dad. Hello, sir. Good seeing you, Learn Media. Tell Jen I said hello. Jay Day Talk, long time. Good to see you and thanks for joining. For those who know Jay Day Talk, great enthusiast, put together his own 997 Turbo Kit. I'm trying to push him towards the EV life, especially since he's in the Bay Area. But he did a great job. He's just a fantastic individual and very, very good with attention to detail. I love his mindset. What's up, Photography Nick? Thank you for joining. Ah, Jeffrey T says his grandfather gave him a 94 Corolla and instantly thought of you as the ultimate sleeper. Yes, Corollas can be quite a sleeper. Anything where it's unassumed, right? You know, even this CRX, that was Econobox, right? So you think for today, it's absolutely fantastic in terms of what we've done in terms of performance. And then the wagon, the Civic wagon, is something that people really didn't care for at all. More like a grandparent's car. But it was my parts getter when I started BC Motor to the public, and I converted very quickly to this crazy 724 horsepower single cam big turbo, which a lot of people doubted, and then brought a lot of products to life, and people tried it, went bigger turbos, and now there's so many D-series out there, D-series single cams making 800 plus, using the same recipe that I used in that particular wagon, and just a little bit more, because they pushed the envelope in, turbo, in terms of turbocharging, you know? Loving that blue beast in the back, says JG Garage. Yes, yes, yes. That's 902 horsepower of liquid intercooled. Yes, it has a liquid to air heat exchanger for intercooler. Running on ethanol. Just a monster indeed. It's an amazing petrol car. Flat six, 3.4 liter boost. V8 Swap Z4. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you indeed. Nice CRX in the back. I knew you'd like that. Thank you so much. Good friend of mine and a good client as well. Um, his name is Joey Dalton, great individual, just an amazing person. He's here to get some more work. And uh, yeah, it seems that you guys like it a lot. Hello, Rose. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining. I love Rose so much. She was part of our team on Motor Mythbusters, just an amazing soul. Someone I've learned so much. I say this often, so forgive me, Rose, for just really putting you on the spot. But your depth and breadth of knowledge is second to none. I love it. Love, love interacting with you. Thanks for being who you are. What car is that? The blue one looks amazing, says DB Graphics 03. It is a 935 M16. So you guys have seen the crazy, like it's like this shape, right? The crazy electric pink one that I have, which by the way, Jay Leno just did a show on, just launched yesterday on his YouTube channel. He has another one on NBC coming soon, but the YouTube channel hit first, where I talk about all the ins and outs of the K3V. So that's Germany with the Kramer K3. 
And then in America, the Americans came up with their own version, which is a little bit more aggressive, longer, more aero, to really go against that Group 5 race car that the Germans put together. So that's an M16, has a dual headlight, very America, right? And then the K3V is over here, very Germany, which is pretty cool indeed. You know, you made it what you need for speed has your stickers. Thank you, GRM. I love working with EA. Um, we had the opportunity to participate in the Need for Speed franchise. So in the game that was launched, I think as far back as 2015, I am in the game with some other great individuals. Magnus Walker is in it as well. Um, Ken Block. It's quite a few of us, and we had a really good time. I think even um, Larry Chen was in that particular game. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. I love those guys. He's back, says Kovo. Yes, I am in the flesh. You know, life gets interesting. So much has been going on, but I'm tackling them one at a time. And here I am. Hopefully, you've been staying well. JG Garage says, oh, J Garage says, yes, BC, Mr. BC is the nicest person I've ever met. Thank you so much because I appreciate that. This is really me, guys, for those of you who know me. Even those who have, I've had a challenge with, they know how I carry myself. And it's so weird when I hear rumors <laughs> about, oh, that BC guy, he's such a dick. He's a difficult character. He's stuck on himself. It's so far from the truth. What you see is what you get with me. I'm here to help. And that's why I do this. I try my best to share everything I know to be that person I needed when I was younger. Brazil's in the house, courtesy of Salamau86. Thank you for joining. Speaking of Germany, Dealworks83 is from Germany. Thank you so much. Sweezy12, long time no see. Good to see you. Oh my God, it's like a big family reunion here. Thank you so much for joining indeed. Yes, Kovot, Rich Rebuilds is here in the chat. And we all met him in Sonoma. And hopefully I get to see him again at this upcoming event. Another good day, BC says Asker Amor. I agree indeed. I thought M16s were illegal in California. Yeah, the guns are, the cars aren't. You're absolutely correct. Do we see you anytime in Germany? Exit Carmi, I would like to Flotopa. So, you know, before the pandemic, I frequented Europe annually. It was an annual pilgrimage for me, right? So, um, early in the year, I think I see Ryan right here. I'm just waving to him. Ryan would head out to Japan and do some stuff with the, auto, with the Tokyo Auto Salon. And I go to UK and hang out at the NEC for the Autosport show. And then recently with CES, it kind of co conflicted. So I'll do CES one year and I'll do the NEC. But typically when I go to Europe, I stop by Germany. So I always fly to Frankfurt. I have a few dealers out there that we go to visit. I do. So when I come out again, Flo Topper, and hopefully I can arrange this to fall within Excess Carmi because that team gives me so much love, I can make it happen and definitely do a Tech Tuesday out there. How cool would that be? Can't wait to meet you in person, says Terrell Williams, 52090. Says I've been following you for some time, 10 years. Thank you so much for the kind words and the support. I sincerely appreciate that. What motor is in the CX behind me? GSR. It's a GSR in that. So it's a GSR B18C, um, turbocharged, full track duty only, like just really nice setup. I mean, when we're done, maybe I can do a walk around and show you guys what's going on there, you know? What year is our wagon? The first wagon I did was an 88. This one is a 91. And this one has a KC's all-wheel drive, 91. The 88 was a front-wheel drive D-series turbo, which, by the way, Ryan, who's here, wired both. So Rywire actually did the harness in that, did the harness in this, did the harness in that, did the harness in the wagon. He's a very talented chap, indeed. So what are we getting into, says this boy, Julio. I'm glad you asked. So I received something pretty cool today. And Ryan, you'll like this as well. I received this. This is a, a new fast home charger. So I purchased a new home, sold my old home that I bought. I was so proud. I bought it in, in my 20s. But I sold the home, and that one had 
the HQ100 in it. And now Blink has this new HQ150, which I was able to, to get. And I'm gonna open up with you guys. So it just came in, Lindsay up front just put aside for me and I'm literally opening it for the first time. I've never seen this HQ150. For those of you who may or may not know, this is a charger, a level two charger, which is fast. Opposed to my old one, which had 30 amp output, this has a 32 amp output. Um, I believe that this is very a very advanced one as well, and hopefully it's very attractive. One thing I like about Blink is that a lot of their charges are really attractive in nature. Um, some charges I've seen from other companies are very ugly. They look like refrigerators, not attractive at all. There are some nice design elements into everything that, that Blink comes out with. And Blink's been one of my technical partners for a couple of years now. Just great guys indeed. So it has a nice uh, thank you card right there. And this is a charger for an EV, EV charger, is what I have here. So it's nice to you know, get a little thank you for purchasing this. And what I'm gonna do, guys, because I, I think I'm gonna like this, I have a feeling I'm gonna like this. If you guys want one of these charges as well, I'm going to bed Blink, and usually I'm successful with this, I'm gonna bed, bed them to come up with a, some kind of discount code so that you can put in the discount code and get a discount on Amazon, for example, and save you some money. Has an installation manual, which is pretty cool. So I'm gonna open the top. Oh, this is nice. This looks really compact. This, guys, this looks cool. I like it. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Guys, look at this. See, I told you these guys, their stuff is so attractive. Get all this nice packaging. Make sure this get damaged in transit. Look at that. Beautiful. And comes with a plug already. How cool is that? Comes with a plug. And, a you know, one thing I always gripe about with charges are the length of the cable, and this looks much longer than the 20 footers I typically see. So look at that, guys. Blink, thank you so much for making this, this attractive unit. It's more compact than before, but much more powerful. Comes with a plug, so I can do anything crazy. I can just have a plug nearby, plug it in. Um, it's pretty cool. And, oh, something else here. Let's see, I think I know what this is, but let's make sure. Oh, of course. So I need a holster. Yeah, a little holster, so it allows for you to just go ahead and, you know, after it's mounted to a wall, you can go ahead and plug in and holster it so it can keep debris and other elements away from it and looks very attractive. And typically what I do is I mount this as so and then wrap the cable around and then plug in the J1772 plug into it. So this is a level two charger, guys, much faster than level one. Level one is the one you plug into a regular, your regular outlet. And, uh, it's open. Oh, sorry. Okay. And, uh, see, Blink is doing it. Look at the attention to detail, even in, in the connector. Very comfortable, very ergonomic. Um, has a little cover as well. The button is also protected, has a little rubber on it. So, big improvement over the 100 unit. This one is pretty nice. And typically, if this is just, you know, hung up, I just, Plug it in and get together. And that's it. So it's holstered in. And typically, it has these two things and the bolts that go into the wall. I can wrap my cable around that and just go ahead and, you know, plug it in. I'm good. Take it off. And it has this nice little section that's a little weighted. So, yeah, very nice indeed. So, thank you, Blink, for the gorgeous unit that is very attractive, very compact. I can't wait to give this a whirl. And right now, gas prices in California, I don't know how it is 
for the rest of you around the globe or around the country, but gas prices are like over $6.50 a gallon um, in the greater LA area, in LA proper, even up to $7 a gallon. So this is a nice, just a nice addition to the new home that I'm, I'm moving into. Hello, AJ from Relentless Racing. Guys, forgive me once again, AJ, amazing engineer, someone who's taught me so much about road racing. For those of you who know, my background is in drag racing, did tons of that, and I was driving on a road race track like a drag racer, which means slow turns and stabbing the throttle <laughs> when I had straightaways or semi-straightaways. And then Relentless Racing, he taught me to like, just smooth this faster and made me a much better driver on the street and on the tarmac. So thank you, AJ, for being who you are. I appreciate you indeed. Oh, you got it, Fox Design. He's saying thanks for the signed wagon. Yes, yeah, so guys, I still have a little bit of a stash of the wagon pins if you guys need some. Here in the Beastmore facilities on the Beastmore web store. And Fox Design, I got him one, and he's saying thank you. No, thank you, Fox Design Paul, for reallowing my wagon to be just that, that, that. Just give me that icing on the cake that just pushed over the envelope to make it even more special. So in the wagon, you can see everything from a little review mirror hanger to this beautiful wood paneling on the dash. That's courtesy of Fox Design. This guy is so talented. I mean, he should work for major OEMs. He's just, his touch, his attention detail, his, his thought process and really taking things that are like okay and making them spectacular is just second to none. So I appreciate all your touches and I appreciate your, 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 your blessing to us in the wagon community indeed. So thank you so much. Oh, person says, BC, tonight I'm going to watch your collab with Jay Leno. Thank you so much. Jay is a great guy. He loves everything we build. Jay himself has said, if I built a bicycle, he'll drive it. So thank you so much. If you guys haven't seen it, when we're done, go on YouTube. You'll see the latest Jay Leno garage where he drove the K3V. And I'm not going to spill the beans. Just you'll be able to take a look at what his thoughts were on that, you know? Let's see. Corvo says, looking to um, the C2 and C3 Corvettes and that uh, there's a subframe for SDU, and they'll be selling it. That's good to know. You know, one thing, Corvold, that I like about electrification is it allows the opportunity to really focus on cars that have some kind of historical significance, and that opportunity to also be able to keep beautiful cars on the road that are much more reliable, much faster, and just, just absolutely gorgeous. I love older cars, and I talk about that a lot. There's this little thing I'm doing with with the guys from Race Service, and we talk about old school cars and the beauty of old classic cars. And I'm a huge advocate of how the beautiful cars look, but not a huge advocate of the old technology, the carburetors, how they're hard to start, not as powerful, not as clean. Now we're in a very special time where we can combine the two. We can have modern technology merged with old school beauty. And I think that's amazing. So Covolt, I hear what you're saying. I think that's a good idea. C2 and C3 Corvettes really have a nice, nice, Spot position in my heart. They're beautiful cars, part of the American heritage, and are historically significant. So I agree with you. Maybe something I need to do. How can I get your shop to work on my Integra? Joseph Cannon, very simple. Call here, 888-922-6686. Lindsay up front can get you in. Depends on what you need, and we can get you going without qualm. Michelle, hello, Shell. For those of you who know Michelle, I love her so much. She's a great, amazing soul. I met her years ago in pharma. She has just been a wonderful blessing to me as well. Um, she went through some personal things herself and came out victorious. Just an amazing person, Michelle. I am doing great. I'll give you a call soon. Hopefully you are doing well and healthy. 
Started building my CB7. For those who don't know CB7s, they are the Accords. I love Accords and their engines as well. 15 years too late, parts are few and far between now, but great for organics, especially if you have an F22A, I can help you. Whether it's pistons, rods, cam gears, camshafts, valve train, clutches, uh, lubricants, wow, what else could you do? Rocker, custom rocker arms. Uh, what else I do for that? Intake manifolds, inject, you let me know what you need. I got you. Let me know indeed. Hello, Jason Ellis. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining. Look at Big Head Designs in the house. What do you think of the next affordable circuit track platform compared to the 90s Honda EGEK DC2? You know, next affordable, it continues Big Head Designs as crazy as it is. It continues to be the Mazda Miata. It really is. Those are really affordable. Um, they're track capable. They're very tossable. The Mazda, I mean, you think about the Miata, that, 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 that spec Miata class is so competitive. There's so many swap options. Some people K-series and Miatas. They put Mustang engines to create the Monster Miatas. It's just, the Miata continues to be a tossable, track-capable platform, you know? Um, and being rear-wheel drive, it's, it's pretty cool. I, matter of fact, when I work with Mazda, because I have it in one of our accounts, I, I have more, so much fun. I've never had so much fun with a sub-200 horsepower car than I have with a Miata or MX-5. They're just amazing cars. So I think that. But as we push even further, that's a track cable platform if you want to put a little bit more money into it and the EKs, the DCs, they were a little expensive back in the day and they're starting to go up in price little by little but if you want something that's very track capable, you see that behind me, that little silver right there, Big Head Designs, the Cayman? That's a car that a lot of people sleep on. It's one of Porsche's amazing offerings. It's fairly cost effective. You can find them for even the price more cost effective than many S2000s. Mid-engine has a Porsche reliability, has a Porsche prestige and if you get a 987, it has a ton of aftermarket support. So in my opinion, I'd say for something very cost effective, you're looking at the Mazda Miata. If you're looking for something that has a little bit more panache, you can go with definitely the 987 Cayman. Hello, DJ Ram Hopefully you're doing well, Ramiro. This guy, not only, he's he like a DJ, right? But he's a hardcore enthusiast, very influential, puts together amazing events, resides in the Southern California area, also more towards San Diego. And when I do a, a meet here, because I'm going to do a meet fairly soon, he's going to be involved. So when it looks great, he'll be the one to thank. Ghost 520, hello, sir. Hopefully you're doing fantastic. Good seeing you. My big brother has an EF7 CRX. Stock everything, only 25,000 miles. That has to be clean, Junior My Stay High. Junior M, stay high. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'd love to see photos of that. If you do have photos, send, send, send my DM. I want to check it out. You should put an EV motor in a CRX behind you. I would like to put an EV setup in a CRX, but this one, Joey is kind of a hardcore petrol head, so we're gonna leave his turbocharged setup as is, but don't be surprised if something of that nature, Sweezy, comes to light fairly soon. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, do you have any interesting stories from Cal State Long Beach? I'm going there, says Williams, yes. A very interesting and also a very embarrassing one, but one where it was, a, it was a proper story of how I turned lemons into lemonade. And I'll share that with you guys. So, you know how you may see one, someone who has a, a car they think is fast and they rev on you? I was one of those guys. I had my 88 CRX, just like that, 88, not an SI, not a bottle like that, but just 88 CRX. No air conditioning, 1.5 liter single cam, 
you know, the, 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 it, had, it had multi-point injection, but it was just the 1.5 liter eight valve head. Made like a whopping 70, I think I made 76 horsepower to the wheels on the AEM dyno back then. And I had an intake that John Conciati helped me design, um, had some DC headers, had a three inch exhaust, um, had a camshaft in it, my own kind of valve train, and I thought I was so fast. I thought I was like, I'll, and by the way, me making 72 horsepower is a big jump from 56, okay? So I made a lot of power from what I thought, from percentage perspective. And I'd see people are revving them, I see people are revving them. So I was studying engineering, and in the back of Cal State Long Beach in the engineering section was a VEC. Because a lot of people were terrified of engineering, I don't know why, our parking lot was always empty, especially in the evenings. Well, if you went to the business administration building, parking was hard to find, it was always packed. But anyway, I digress. So one day, I'm leaving the engineering you know, uh, center, uh, it was the evening, and I get in my car, and I stop my car. And then maybe a couple of stalls down, there was a black CRX SI. Now the SI guys are the one that made you know, a little over 109 horsepower stock, um, you know, 1.6 liter opposed to 1.5, 16 valve opposed to mine. But I'm like, hey, I have an exhaust and header, I'm fast, right? And this girl and her two friends get in. Now, let me tell you what's weird about that. A CRX is really a two-seater, but sometimes people have done this, I've done it myself, where someone kind of got crouched in the back and just sit back there. So there are three girls in this CRX. I get in mine and I look at them, they look at me, and I rev. And she's like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? Let's do this, right? So we line up in the back of the parking lot of engineering. There's no one there, okay? I don't condone this behavior. I was a silly student. We line up, then we take off and we're racing. Guys, let me tell you, this girl beat me so bad. She spanked me so bad that they got to the end of the, of the parking lot, stopped, and I'm still going. And I get to them, and they get out the car. They're laughing at me, and I swore. I felt so embarrassed, because I, I don't think I've ever told this story. I swore that I'm going to be the fastest single cam on the planet. Like, that was where I was so embarrassed. They were laughing so hard. I thought I was so fast. My car was slow as dirt. But you know what? I always remember that experience, and it pushed me. I ended up becoming the fastest D-Series on the planet, naturally aspirated. Till today, my record still stands. I ran like 12.6 full street trim, and in full track trim, I ran a 10.7, and even ran a 10 in Palmdale before it shut down, which is about 2,700 foot elevation. And so that's what happened to me. I turned something that was really embarrassing into this need to really push myself to excel. So that's the story, Williams, about Cal State Long Beach and my experience getting spanked by these three girls. You know, three girls, heavy, right? Heavier, in a heavier car, they had SI. I think SI only had exhaust. I think they had an HKS exhaust. And then here I am, thought I was all that. So that's pretty interesting. So good, good, good story. Um, our team will be here until 5 p.m. Puro. And I have some of your stuff. I have your sensors. I have your dash. Still waiting on your ECU. But we'll get you going soon. Soon, you know, later. Yo, looking for the F22A camshaft. Harex, give us a call or write to us at sales at bcmo.com. We will get you going. No problem whatsoever. No problem. I have an 04 Civic single cam 1.5. Love those engines. Non-VTEC engine. How do I get more power from that? It's stock. There's so many things you can do. So it depends on where you are. Intake header exhaust are the, like, it's like the quintessential starter point. You get an intake, you get a header exhaust, you pick up some power, right? Then there's one thing that people leave out, one component of modifications that people tend to sleep on, and that's oil. 
So oil is a performance part, especially if it's one that does a job. And you guys know what I think, you know, I carry quite a few of them. Pure oil is what I recommend. Those guys are amazing. Um, they sponsor all my friends and family, right? So if you need help with that, just write them here at Pure USA. They're here on Instagram. Let them know I sent you. And for any of you, and they help you out with a sponsorship. They, these guys are really good. There are three engineers who started this company. Um, they do a lot of work for the government, U.S. government. They even sell oil to U.S. government. And what's even crazier about these guys is that they were looking for an oil that's good for their own race cars. They couldn't find something that's good. On my own insight, I gained 12 wheels. Yes, by just pouring in. That 12 wheel compared to rubbish, compared to a very high-end boutique oil. So that being said, oil is another way that you can get a lot of power in that. Then if your area allows, um, you can put an aggressive camshaft. I do have emissions-friendly camshafts. I have to be some more level one. The fact is you're non VTEC, we don't have billets for you, so you have to send your cam in. And it takes about 12 to 15 business days, and we'll reprofile it for you, send it back to you, and that gives you a little bit more power. It actually allows your valves to open up longer and, and taller, or you know, open up further and for a longer period of time, hence the lift and duration. Um, and you get a lot of power from that. If you go really aggressive, you have to like, get some engine management in tune. Um, if you go with a level one, maybe a level two, your factory ECU can be able to withstand that. So intake, header, exhaust, oil, and you don't have to do it in that order. You can start with oil to get some power out the gate. And then you can do a camshaft if your budget allows. I hope that helps. Hello, Alex, West Coast Alex. He says, brother, truly my brother. Alex and I have been teammates since the 90s. Um, all that racing we did, even the story I told, I knew him at the time. We used to race in Sacramento, Pomona, you know, then when John and I got together, we started like, racing from Florida, making our way to the Pacific Northwest, uh, going through the, uh, the Midwest as well, going out of Texas, and we, make, and we finish off in Pomona. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. So Alex is a guy who's been part of my race team when it was Matrix, and the movie came out, messed that up, and then 400M. It's been good. It's been good indeed. Story of that CRX says Ashley Campbell. So that is a car by the name, um, the owner's name is Joey Dalton, great guy. Hardcore enthusiast, so hardcore, he started a company up at, up the hill known as J&J Performance. Did his stint with that and decided, hey, he wanted to get into the insurance industry. Family guy now, and this is his one of his, his original cars, and he just wants it to be great. He, ran, he made 600 horsepower when that was like rare. This was in like the mid-2000s. So now he's back, converting to E85, you know, new pump, just, just kind of modernizing it. You know, he had Series 1 back then, and he's, he's updated since then. So he's here to get some more work. It's boosted with a B-Series swap. Love from Canada. Thanks for your knowledge, says Neil Senums. Thank you so much for the kind words, indeed. Appreciate that. We'd love to dry ice, clean some of your cars for you, says Ice Blast Works. I actually may have a car for you. I'm building this crazy other 935, and I'd like to be able to really get that super clean. So let's keep in touch. I wouldn't mind using your, your, your um, services. I've heard about you guys. I think you guys have worked with some of my friends at Porsche Ontario and did a smashing job. So yeah, I would love to. How can anyone doubt this man's enthusiasm? <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm just really happy. And guys, you won't, I mean, I mean you guys are family, right? So I'm gonna tell you this, you won't believe, you guys won't believe what I'm going through personally, but I'm taking it in stride and staying positive. So, you know, hey, such life. My neighbor, where are you, J Garage? Oh, do tell indeed, please do. F22A camshaft, I got you. Whether you want a level one, level two, three, four, no, there's no four. A level X, want something really aggressive, want something mild, got you. Do you want something emissions friendly? Do you want something street strip? Do you want something road race? 
I can, I have for the F23, F22A over 27 different profiles, all proven. So I got you, no problem, no problem. What's up BC, you ever been domestic? Ghost 520, totally my fault, yes I have. If you are bored when we're done with our session today, do a search for the BC Moto Mustang. We took a 2015 Mustang EcoBoost and made 900 horsepower. Now it wasn't very exciting in terms of not having lag, it was really like I had a 76 millimeter turbinetic. But a great proof of concept of how, how powerful and how robust that uh, EcoBoost engine can be. So yeah, I have built a domestic. Hello, Ryan from Rywire. He finally waved. Good seeing you, Dean. Let me give him some love there. Let's see if he let me do it. I'm trying to give him some love. Uh, there we go. I'm trying, trying, Ryan. I'm trying to give you love. Trying. There we go. Got it. Success. Ryan is an amazing enthusiast, a good friend as well. He and I worked together as far back as. Man, I was in Pomona, right, Ryan? I built that wagon. So, 2008 is when I met Ryan. I heard about him but never had the opportunity to work with him. And then he drove all the way down from Northern California just to wire up my wagon. What a great guy. And since then, we've done a lot of projects together from petrol all the way to EVs. So just a very open-minded, very intelligent individual. And it's an honor for him to be a friend and enthusiast as well. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, right? This is, this is so, this is a feature. This charger is so nice. Look at this. Right, you know how the, uh, how the um, 100 looks. This is way more compact, very hip. Very attractive, and more amps, right? So better for us. So yeah, by all means, it will fit your new house. And Ryan's house is late, so this is be a nice addition to his residence, you know? Need to build my F23 head with you, everything you offer for it. Car dude garage, no problem. Consider it done. So let's say EV cars at New York Auto Show. I immediately thought of you. I'm loving the Subaru Saturn EV. Yes, that thing is clean. I'm telling you, that's where things are going. I was against it. I was fighting it for many years. Then drove by and I'm hooked. Guys, I'm telling you, Jay Leno has driven the Cybertruck. Um, he's driven the um, Tesla Plaid, which he loves, the Model S Plaid. He's done stuff with the Taycan Turbo S. He's done Lucids. I mean, the guy's driven off. He, he's, and then he drove ours. Please take a look and see his reaction. He was. I don't want to spill the beans, okay? I don't want to spill the beans at all. All right. Wow, so much love. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate all the love and the hearts. We missed you, says Motek N, and love our Blink charger for our plug-in. Good job. Fantastic. Glad to hear that, D. I love it, too. Blink, their stuff is pretty cool. The future, indeed. Planked EG, super cool, says the boy Julio. Appreciate that, indeed. Car Dude Garage has got the invoice for some retainers. Waiting on the one for the cam, please. And also, thank you, bro. My pleasure. You're going to love our wares. When it comes to seal cam performance, no one's better. We're, we've been doing this stuff since the 90s. No big deal. Florida's in the house, courtesy of Earl Zenkershirt. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for calling me a boss. Appreciate the kind words and love. Electric prices are going to eventually skyrocket. You know what? I'm preparing for that, Plan EG. I, I think you have a point. Right now, um, even when I traveled, even when I traveled out of state, I took the Kona EV electric, Kona electric, and can you believe I didn't have to pay for any traveling whatsoever? So left LA, drove up the 15. We're a little traffic, and because this traffic was stop and go, <laughs> I didn't consume that much energy. I got not quite to Prim. It was past Baker, 
And then there was a stop, like a rest stop. So I pulled over to Yuzulu and then parked there. And there was a level, there was like a, like a, like a fat, DC fast charger there. I'm like, okay, I'll pay, no problem. I plug it in, no fee. Like literally, I had charged up my entire vehicle within 40 minutes for free. So I traveled from LA to Vegas without paying anything. And I get to Vegas, stayed on a Hilton property and free charging there too. So the whole time I was driving around and doing stuff, the kids, it was like no payment whatsoever. It's weird, right? But that's a nice opportunity today. But I anticipate, yes, electricity is going to get expensive. So what I've done is the new house I purchased, uh, purchasing, has a solar panel in it. So I can use nature to my advantage and still not invest in any kind of uh, electricity. So it's worth having solar panels. It's just worth taking advantage of that. So even if prices skyrocket for EVs, I will still be okay. But I agree with you indeed, 100%, by all means. Likewise to you as well. Appreciate the kind words, says Fox Designs. Sir, I appreciate you. You're a wonderful individual indeed. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Lambda Menace. Good seeing you indeed. You are, t this chap is talented. Talking about, I, you know, I know my strengths. I embrace my strengths. I won't embellish, but I'm a technology guy. So I could build the craziest cars, but it's still going to be many times just, I'll call a spade a spade. Boring when it comes to aesthetics. So I need help. So of course, if I see an like M16 body or a K3, I go crazy. But look at my minivan. It's just really like a thousand horsepower minivan, just clean and slammed, right? So I'm all about the clean look because I've put a lot of my time and effort into technology, making them go fast and efficient and cool. Lambda to Menace, he, this Lambda Menace guy has both. He loves going fast. He has a need for speed. He loves efficiency. But he pays a lot of attention to detail when it comes to things that are aesthetic. So he succeeds where I lack. I know, my, I know my limitations, and this guy, he takes that and pushes the envelope. So I appreciate you, sir, and I acknowledge your genius. You're gonna build a Lancet Delta-inspired Ionic 5? Ooh, who are you? Who are you, Jhorst013? What do you know? Guys, I love the Ionic 5. I love, 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 I love the look, I love the space, I love the, I love the, the, the slight wedge shape, I love, love the, I love the design cues, I just love that car. Please, Hyundai, I wanna build one. I need to build one of these, you know? Do you have any B-series parceling around the shop, says this boy, Julio. I have fixed cam gears. I think that's the only thing I have laying around. Now, what are fixed cam gears? I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the day, um, many sanctioning bodies did allow for adjustable cam gears. Um, it was banned. And a lot of us knew that, especially with factory camshafts or even some June 3s, those of you who remember June 3s, um, they loved three degrees advanced on intake, three degrees retardant exhaust. So what a lot of us did, we designed cam gears that are fixed that already had that advancement and retardation in them already. So that being said, um, we made those. And then a lot of aftermarket companies, oh, section bodies just did away with that. But I may have a few of those left over. I may also have some valve train and clutches. Send me a DM, maybe I'll see what I have. Maybe I don't quite remember. I have some stuff left over, not much, but something left over indeed. Um, 
I am even young says what's your best recommendation for dailies that are fun to drive and not crazy expensive yeah talk about that a little bit earlier um, fun to drive not crazy expensive it depends on your definition of expensive so I'm gonna go through the gamut okay super cost-effective lots of fun to drive could be done daily Maserati. some people make fun of those cars they are very amazing track monsters very tossable very balanced and amazing car amazing indeed uh, I see Edward S2K is here I'm going to meet and S2K is one that's absolutely fantastic as well. Damn near 50-50 balance in terms of front-to-rear ratio. The best shifter I've ever felt in my life. Amazing engine. If you go to AP1, you can rev to 9K. It's amazing. A little bit more grunt and torque. You go AP2 with a 2.2 liter F20C, F22C. Amazing, right? Then I talked about the Cayman. Talked about that earlier today. The 987 Cayman from 2005 to 2008. Amazing vehicle. Turns out to market support, very cost effective, still Porsche through and through, has a Porsche reliability and prestige. If your budget allows you a little bit more to push the envelope further, um, you can definitely get away with the Porsche 996 Twin Turbo. All wheel drive comes with a transmission that can withstand up to 1,000 horsepower. With a turbo upgrade and a tune, you can easily get in the 600s. Those cars are like super underrated supercars. Underrated supercars. The most underrated. But let's say you want to, you know, do something that's a uh, front-wheel drive, but you want a lot of fun and a lot of aftermarket support, you can't go wrong with the, with the Acura RSX Type S. Those things are fun, has that Acura prestige and luxury, but has that proper K-series engine. You know, the Type R's with the Type S, you know, gearbox and just an aftermarket support. You can, you can go supercharge, natural spray, boost it. Fun, fun, fun. And they're pretty cost-effective if you want to stay front-wheel drive. So I hope that helps indeed, you know. G&G Racing, good seeing you, missed out, but it has a B-Series turbo, a GSR turbo setup in it. Full track car, made 600 plus horsepower as far back as 2008. 2007, sorry, far back as 2007. So, really fun car. Hello, Chatterwild, good seeing you indeed. Appreciate you for joining me this lovely Tech Tuesday. Hey, yo, luxurious bastard. Thank you for the story, Julia. I'm glad to share. I have many more. 2001 in particular, you know? Um, Car Dude says, BC, parts for the win. Best parts on the market for your vehicles, especially the F-Series, in which my opinion is one of the best on engines. I agree. People sleep on F-Series. Of all the engines I could have seen out there, B-Series, K-Series, you name it, I found an F-22A in a wrecking yard. I looked at like, this looks like a... A D-series on, on steroids. It looks like a D-series with better flow, head, more displacement, very cost-effective. I would say that Achilles heel of the F-22A are the camshafts. They're very, 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 very small. Barely out of 200 lift. Duration is, God, in the teens of the hundreds. It's not, not much duration at all. You put a decent cam and valve train, that thing wakes up. 8.8 um, .8 to 1 compression from factory, so not very high compression, but lends itself extremely well to boost. And since the head is the highest potential for power in a naturally aspirated engine, in particular, or internal combustion engine, the F22A head outflows many ported B series, so it has a lot of potential. Just more, a lot of people don't, a lot of people poo poo on single cams, non VTEX, but that engine is one that I made a ton of power. I ran low nines in my insight over a decade ago, full unibody with a factory windshield. So it's like the engine makes power. There's so much potential in there, indeed. Taurus in the house, courtesy of Garage Mech. How am I doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much. I'm glad you like that, Make Great Motoring. Thank you so much. 
Denmatic is here. Dennis, I just, oh, Dennis, it's just amazing. For those of you who know Dennis, good friend. He works for the Department of Defense. Doesn't tell me what he does. I want to ask, but I know some secret stuff. Um, he helps me with my t-shirt designs, with my website, with, you know, apps. I mean, this guy is just, he is just a genius. He, everything he touches is gold. I don't know how he knows so much stuff, but I don't question. He's just, if he ever came up one day, unzipped his head, and showed me that he was like a, like a lizard person, I'll believe him. <laughs> if you tell me that he was a lizard person, I'll tell you, he's too, he's too amazing to be human. But anyway, and he just picked up a Ford Mustang Mach-E. So bring that car by. I have to see it, Dennis. I do have to see that car. Oh my God, okay guys, I know it's been a slice of heaven, but I do have to fly. So thank you so much for joining me on this amazing Tech Tuesday. I'll be here next week indeed. Hopefully that's someone that's very exciting, but uh, I'll leave this here indefinitely on Instagram. I'll take some excerpts, put it on YouTube, so if you haven't, please go there, subscribe, and follow Bisimoto. And I also have this on your favorite podcasting networks, whether it's um, uh, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you name it. Just type in Bisimoto, and I come up. All right, guys, have a pleasant afternoon. Take care. It's good to see you, and cheers. Bye-bye.